pet. Two best friends who love to chat. Oh, what it's like to be an ant. Those who ant. Those who ant. Hello. Welcome to Those Who Ant, the podcast that helps you see the world through ant-colored glasses. I am Auntie Mags. I'm Aunt Pat. And uh, boy, we're so happy to be talking with you today. Um, Pat, what's going on with you? I finally found a community on the internet, and I've been spending a lot of time meeting new people, uh, the most passionate people. Outside of you, Mags, these people are passionate, and I'm just learning so much Okay, I'm a little scared because the last time you found your community of people, you were mistakenly identifying yourself as an incel, member. So what's, please explain this community of people. Well, there, you know, I like the groups where you are, um, you know, I've been to some Anon meetings and this is a QAnon and I don't, the Q for me is question because I don't know what that is yet, but they are, I guess, patriots. Because that's a word that gets thrown around a lot. Pat? Yeah. How did you find this group? And also, no, you have to stop going. And also, wh- why? what made you do that? Because you, you know, the other night I said, do you want to go get some food? And you said, no, I got to go to a meeting. I assumed that it was an Al-Anon meeting. It, but this is very, very different. But do you know that it's very, very different? Oh, yeah, it's very different. And... I stopped going to the Al-Anon meetings because I felt like there was a lot of wanting to work on myself, which is exhausting. This is the opposite of that. This is work on other people in a in, a, in an aggressive way. Uh, work on them, you know. Okay, what? Um, give me an example of a thing you're doing to work on someone that is positive and truthful, rooted in truth. Well, that's not what I've been doing. I have been what I believe is called um, trolling, which is I've been telling people that, are you familiar with Wayfair? If you're going to tell me right now that there are pieces of furniture that are overpriced on Wayfair because they're using them to sell sex trafficking children in, then we have a problem, buddy. You've gotten mixed up with the wrong kind of people here. That's what they said that people would say. So you're following... I understand you're following some kind of script here, and I get that. And I don't want to call you a suppressive person, but that's what this feels like. Are you going to Scientology meetings, too? Apparently, there's a Venn diagram where... Yes. All right, Pat. Yeah. I know we stopped doing our Marshalls meetups and the Havana bitches because, you know, it's been a little crazy. But if you were looking for outside activities, you should have just told me and we could have figured something out. We could have met in the park, you know, do some reading there or we could go we could go have some drinks. Uh, We'll pack drinks. You can't listen to me. I'm I'm your best friend in the world. Okay, I'm not a suppressive person. I'm your very best friend. And you have. You're rolling up with the wrong people there, buddy. You got mixed up with some real whack jobs, okay? They're insane. What's what's the most normal thing you've heard anybody say? Mm, um, you know, stuff like, uh, you know, Manifest Destiny? Yeah. There's a band on there called Manifest Destiny's Child, and their songs are about how Manifest Destiny was real. And, you know, I hadn't thought about that since about the fifth grade, and I thought, I do remember that being soothing. From sea to shining sea, the idea of of just taking everything from sea to shining sea. Yeah, that God had a mandate for all the whites to take 
Not, I shouldn't say that. Okay, that when I say it out loud, that sounds... Did you hear it? I did when I said whites. All right. Well, okay, this does bear looking into. Yeah. How often have you been hearing or saying the word whites? A lot. Well, it got so normalized because I was reading the word so often that I started mouthing it when I was reading it. Whites, whites, whites. That that's... Okay. I really need to get out more. Yeah, well... You know, I, I, I'm, this one's shocking to me because you're such a generous, kind, giving, loving person who is not racist and insane. I just want to save the children. Hashtag. Okay. You got to put the hashtag before the phrase. Oh. But also, yeah, we all want to save the children. But remember how people were trying to say uh, that Hillary Clinton was running a sex trafficking ring for children inside a pizza parlor? And then um, maniacs went and uh, and they found absolutely nothing. The maniacs, they went in there. I think that was Brian. You know him? Well, we've, there's, they've been, there have been talks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you asked any of these QAnon people, the men specifically, if they happen to be incels? No. I bet the Venn diagram is going to get another section. Big overlap, a circle. Too. You know, I really respect your opinion. I like your feedback on this because I do tend to get embroiled. You do. Yeah. And I love you so much. And it's only because I know how beautiful your heart is and I know how uh, honest and loving you are that I got to put my foot down here. All right. I might have to change my identity a little bit. Again? Why? Well, to get in, to get in. Also, there's a place called Parlor, and it's like, you know... Did you, do a, did you do a Parlor account? Yes, I had to send them a copy of my passport and my birth certificate. Those are hard to find. I had been keeping them in two different, very wildly different places. Did you also join Nexium? Do these people a- ask for, for, for collateral? I've been taking Nexium. Is that the same thing? No, very different. Isn't that what that cult is called, Nexium? You know who would know. That's heartburn medication. But no, but it's Nexium is the, is the cult. Because I remember watching it and thinking, why would they brand themselves for an overpriced heartburn medication? Oh, send me that, though. I want to watch that. I'm worried. Let's wait until it's all sewn up for good before we expose you to that, okay? We'll just wait until everybody's in jail. Spoiler alert. And, uh, oh, no. Ah, freedom. But you know who I would love to hear their opinion on all of this uh, is our guest, because he is truly outstanding. Now, I know people are going to say what they always say to me, which is, Max, you know, you you say this about every guest, but as my niece would say, where's the lie, though? Where's the lie? Our guest is fantastic, and we love him so much. And yes, it's a him, and yes, it's an uncle, but he's not a funkle, so brace yourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, mostly ladies, but however you identify, welcome to the podcast, Uncle Julio. Julio! Oh, thank you so much for having me. Can you hear, is this thing on? Oh, like a comedian. <laughs> oh, is this thing on? I love it when, I, I, love, I love comedy, and well, we'll get into that. Um, but anyway, thank you for having me so much. We are so happy to have you. It's such a delight. Now, um, Julio, what is your take on this? Because I joined mm. what I thought was just a, a community of passionate people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mags is always looking out for me. Now, what is your take on this in general? You know, meeting people on the Internet and stuff like that. Uh, do they need catering? Because I own a restaurant. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Is this thing on? No, I think that it's, you know, you have to... 
you have to find, you know, your people, your tribe. And sometimes that takes some shopping, you know, and, and it is shopping season, whether it's for gifts or for cults. And you just have to, you have to find where it is, where the love is, whether that's Nexium, Scientology, uh, the Girl Scouts, or, um, you know, the uh, unemployment office, whatever it is, you just, you find the people to, to connect with and connect to, you know? I'm interested in that you, I'm interested that you said the Girl Scouts mm. and Nexium and Scientology in the same breath. Do you, is this, and there's no wrong answer here, Julio. It, Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> are these are these people on the same level as you think as one another? Well, um, I, I'll be honest. Since we're you know I have this platform to be honest with two of my friends, I um, I generally do not trust the Girl Scouts. I think that um, you know they sell their cookies and they 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 wear their their berets and their sashes, and and I just feel like they're sending the wrong message. They're saying you need to eat sugar. You need to wear uh, French hats and you need to wear a sash like a beauty contestant. And what kind of message is that? Are those three things to young women, young men, anywhere, you know? Now, I'm going to be really honest and say I have never thought of it that way. The sash is like a beauty pageant. Mm -hmm. That's that's a lot to take in because yeah, they're, they're, they're training. They're training them. It's like the girls think, oh, I could put all my my pins and my honors and my awards, but then they're really saying, well, get ready. Cause eventually it's going to say miss Tennessee or wherever you're from. It doesn't have to be Tennessee. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, but it could, it could be. Yeah. You could be from Tennessee and do that. Mm -hmm. You couldn't, you could be from a bunch of other places. How do you think that ensemble came together? Because a French hat, you said, which, you know, I never, I never even thought of it. A French mm -hmm. hat, a sash, don't they also, or is that, am I confusing? Don't they also wear a vest? It's so many accessories. What's a brownie? Brownie is one, is younger than Girl Scout, right? Yeah, I think it's the, yeah, it's like the brownie is like if the Girl Scouts had toddlers that they had to take care of. I think it'd be the brownies, the Girl Scout toddlers. So, you know what I'm realizing is that it goes, Weeblo, is it Weeblo, Cub Scout, Boy Scout? Or is it Cub Scout, Weeblo, Boy Scout? Or But there's only two for girls. Well, maybe there's one before brownie. Maybe like a chocolate chip and then a brownie and then a Girl Scout. Maybe. Something like that. This sounds very predatory when we say it out loud. Chocolate chips, brownies. We're equating children with food. And I think that as a nation, we're doing that. And I think that is disgusting. And if I were to get on my forum online, this is exactly the kind of thing that would that is triggering for so many of them. Why are the little girls brownies and why are the little boys weeblos? Hmm. I, I, I don't have an answer for that. I, um, as far as the equating with food, you know, as, as, in, as a restaurant owner, you can't help but think of food 24-7, um, or as I like to say, 24-8 is this thing on. But it's, it's the type of thing that you have to think of recipes and what people are going to eat, uh, what people are going to enjoy in a setting of, of tables and, you know, dinner, whatever. Now, are you, well, I, I have a couple follow-ups. Okay. First mm -hmm. of all, when you are working on your menu, right, mm -hmm. do you take into a consideration what things sound like in reference to children, you know, 
Like, does that ever cross your mind? Because I feel like Girl Scouts, brownies, whatever, nobody thought equate girls with food. But mm. you're a restaurateur. Do you put mm. that kind of thought into it? Um, I try to come up with different ways of, of presenting food, so some way that people can remember. Um, uh, for example, our, our, our taco plate is not just a taco plate. It's, um, are you tacoing to me? Like from uh, the Robert De Niro's. And then um, there's, um, that's the only one that I could think of right now. I'm on the spot. But uh, uh, Julio, I, Julio, let me let you off the hook for a second, though, because I do have to tell you that alone, it was so fun because the when when we came to your first to your place, when we first mm-hmm. met you, mm-hmm. when I was talking to the server, she acted like it was who's on first for about five minutes because mm. I said, are you talking to me? And then she said, I am. And then I pointed because I thought, OK, I don't know how to pronounce this back and forth. I mean, it, it's dinner and a show. Yes. Uh, first of all, that um, that was Rosa and she's no longer uh, with us. Uh, she, she's alive. I, I just I let her go after that incident. But she is alive and well and um, working at a much more successful restaurant than mine. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I understand that that's that can get people confused. And I think for me, it's more like it's a conversation start there. Like, are you ordering or are you asking me if you are talking to me, you know, and that way you can. You have a conversation with the server, even if it's a confusing one, uh, before you order. It kind of it, it breaks the it breaks the ice, and then we are also and also just for people, we also break ice at our restaurant. If you don't want the chunks, we can break ice for the drinks. I always want, I always want crushed ice. I love that. One of the things that got, we got a real kick out of Pat Member was when we were ordering, and you had a Brat Pack themed uh, tamal, right? And it was tamale ringwald, and we thought that was. <laughs> So clever. We- yes, and actually, and we also serve it um, as part of our breakfast club, which is a, a group of people that come into the restaurant uh, between 8 and 10. So that's the big, the, the uh, tamale ringwald is the big uh, special for the breakfast club at the restaurant. So clever. It's so fun. I like to have fun. I don't want to go to a stuffy place where you don't even get to really say the thing out loud that you want because you know, like the, you know, like the, it's a chef special and you don't even get to say what you want. Mm-hmm. I like to go to a place where I'm going to have fun at all times. And that's when your restaurant is in my opinion. Yes. yes I, I am tired of these stuffy. I went to a restaurant once cause someone said it's very good. It's pricey. I go there. Same thing. They don't let anyone talk. You go in and they put a piece of duct tape on your mouth and they say, we'll lift this when it's time to eat. And we're like, okay, we're in, we're gonna go, we'll go for it. See what happens, and then we sit down. They show you the menu. It has no writing on it. It's just a blank piece of paper, and you're thinking, "Well, then why do you have us hold it?" And then someone comes and they take it from your hands as if you've ordered, even though you can't, because there's no writing on the menu. And then they bring you a bowl, and it looks like a, like a tiny pickle in the middle of the mustard. And then you take your tape off and you eat it, and it's it's disgusting. I'm sorry, but it's disgusting. I'd rather have, you know, I'd rather have a bowl of rice and beans than, than a, 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 a gherkin and mustard. Was that actually what it was? Just a, a tiny gherkin inside some yellow mustard? I don't know because the menus were blank. I have no idea what I ate. And then they bring you the bill and the bill has no writing on it. So you just guess. Well, that one, 
maybe you could come out on top, right? Where it's like, fine, mm. I'll guess. I, my this pickle was worth three dollars. I just I just realized that, but no, we we um, we paid over two hundred dollars for the pickle and the mustard. Was that all the meal? That was it. Yeah. Ali she Diola de los Muertos, which was yeah yeah the day after a Halloween party that you had. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a fun one. Um, uh, a lot of people wonder, like, why is it that you only do John Hughes movies and then one Robert De Niro movie? And it's not even I, I don't even think about that. I just think about whatever movies or whatever is in the pop culture, um, you know, whatever whatever works on that day is what works. Awesome. At least our menu has words. Yeah, your menu's got words. It's got great food. It's fun. It's atmosphere. Also, you don't have to answer to anybody about why you name your menu items what you name them. That's right. I've, I've, I just want to say, Julio, I've had the same type of experience. Like um, the first time I went to a hula hands, you know, get over yourself. Okay. You know, if this isn't, you know, you're basically Fridays, but for people who, whose dads wear sweaters. Okay. And and Julio, you provide an, what we what we've learned an essential service, which mm-hmm. is food. But it's it's every human being needs to eat, and we don't need to make it inaccessible or too weird. Right, and also those waiters with all those pins on their suspenders. I mean, what are they? Girl Scouts? Is this thing on? You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. I jeez, oh man, you're pointing out a lot of things I never thought of before. Because uh, I used to work at the Hard Rock Cafe, and oh, lucky. Yeah, it was. Very fun. Mm. Was there any, did you, any, what famous guitars were in glass cases? Uh, we had, uh, we had one from, let me think about this. The only one that I can remember offhand right now is that the band, The The, their guitar was up there. The band's so nice they named it twice. Mm. Yeah, that's right. You know that song, This is the day your life will surely change. That's The The. It's a great song. I couldn't name one other song they've ever done. Um, do you think? Do you think that the the ever toured with Duran Duran, and the posters just made it seem like maybe it was two bands called the Duran? God. I don't know. These are just things that I think about. And see, this is why you're such a good chef because your mind works in a different way, right? Any normal person wouldn't think like that. A genius would think like that. You see something, and it's so different and beautiful and you're you're able to translate it onto a plate or several plates uh, you know and it's just magical and you doing that so you're cooking but then you're coming out and you're running that open mic now when we've been there to visit you you're the only one doing the open mic and i haven't seen a sign-up sheet yes well um it's not really well known in the community of comedians just yet i think it might be that it's uh on thursdays uh, from one thirty to two uh, p.m. So I think that a lot of comedians are probably I don't know working or something, and maybe they think it's only a half hour. How long do we get? I mean, I I leave I invite anyone, but no one shows up. So I just I take the mic and you know I do my observations. You know, my observations about stuff. I don't write. And the thing is, like, <laughs> this is going to be a surprise to you too. But I don't write anything. I just get on the mic and I just talk about things and and you know and it's always very funny goosebumps i just got goosebumps mm-hmm. the fact that you don't pre-write any of your jokes no holy cow when we're talking about geniuses 
I'm talking here. Here I am saying you're a culinary genius, but now you're also a comedic genius. You, you know, I my 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 two favorite comedians of all time are uh, Robin Williams and Gallagher. And I feel like if I can take a little bit of both of them and create an act in front of your eyes, it's going to be a memorable experience. And that's why you always wear suspenders. That's my suspenders. That's right. Although the only thing about Gallagher that I don't do is I don't smash any of the food uh, because why would I smash the food if I have to serve it? So when it comes to Gallagher, all that's left after that is just basically just wearing a fake mustache. He does a lot of wordplay. You, you oh, well, I, I guess you could see that in the menu. In the menu, I, it's more like a, a visual joke. But I, I just I like to riff, man. And, you know, because... Comedy, comedy is like jazz. Is like comedy. Is like jazz. Is like comedy. Is like jazz. You know. Wow. Was that jazz or was it comedy? We can't. It exactly. sounded like you know, like how when you go to see jazz. I've never done this, but um, they are, they're always saying words together like this. We just had some friends on um, Uncle Maury, and uh, no, it wasn't Uncle Maury. It was uh, the other one, Uncle Fad, and we were talking about how much I hate poetry and jazz is like poetry in the dark and um I, i'm trying to learn i'm trying to better myself mm-hmm. but when you said po- comedies over and over again i feel like i went you were trying to hypnotize me into thinking that had meaning in a good way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think my one of my favorite jazz albums is uh, a very uh little known artist um uh that's actually the name of his band it's called little known artist and he's very experimental and basically on a windy day he'll just walk outside and hold up like a trumpet and whatever sound it makes, that's the album. So you hope for a windier day because if it's not that windy, it's not that strong. You don't get too much sound, but that's, that's part of the, that's part of the art, the music, you know? It's like how chimes are. Yeah. Yeah. But except, you know, the level of force or wind it takes to move a chime is significantly less than the level of force or wind it would take to produce sound from a trumpet. That's intense. Yeah, I, I would recommend uh, looking for his music. Um, unfortunately, he only puts his music uh, out on um, rocks, like rocks, like a rock. Uh, it's hard to describe, but um, there's only a few mach- machines in the country that play these musical rocks because that's how he doesn't want to be like commercial. So, the yeah, so you can you can listen to his music on rocks. So he makes rock music. Well, no, okay. No, it's, it's, it's still jazz. It's just, it's on, I guess, I don't know. It's just, you have, you have to, you have to be there, you know, you have to be there. Now, this is going to raise a question I never thought I'd ask. And just, just before we get into this, Pat, I know you hate poetry. My thing is I hate performance art. And when comedy is jazz, is comedy is jazz, is comedy is jazz. That put me in a place where I was like, oh God somebody's doing performance art, which I can't, I can't tolerate. But what I was going to say is, is the absence of music also jazz? If anything is jazz and it's improvised, is if you go out with a trumpet on a day that's not windy and it doesn't make a sound, you know, it's a real, does a tr- if a tree falls in the forest, does anybody, does it make a sound? Is this music? That specifically is. On Little Known Artist's first album, he set up a bunch of brass instruments in the woods on the ground and then he chopped a tree and then the sound that the made when the trunk hit all the instruments, that was the album. This is why um, so many people hate art. 
you know, and I say that with love because I think a lot of people that I know, uh, they're artists and they have the best of intentions. But when people say, oh, we need to not fund the arts, they're thinking of the nothing that we're talking about. People going out saying, I'm not doing anything. Enjoy. You know, it's the intimidation that I feel in a museum when someone's, you know, when you go to a museum and someone's looking at something and you're like, oh my God, what? And they're staring at it. And I feel personally attacked. I agree. Uh, For me personally, I only like paintings that have people in it. And it's clear that they are people doing something in it. That's the only art. And, And whatever they're doing has to be something that like real people do. Like if it's a person eating an apple, that's art. If it's a person painting a fence, that's art. You know, if it's a person uh, who's half person, half guitar, and the guitar is on fire, you know, and then the person's face is covered with like a, a can of, of soup or whatever, that's, that's not art. That's just, I don't even know, I don't even know what that is. Where did you see that? Um, during a nap. Oh, in your mind. Yeah. But it, it, but I think I I think it came up in my mind because I was thinking about another piece that was probably like it. And but what, it was during one of my naps. What was the one you were thinking of that's probably like it? Oh, that one is um, it's it's a man whose half of his body is a can of soup, and then he's on fire, and then his face is blocked by a guitar. So really, it, only two things really switched from the actual painting to what was in my nap. Dream. I love that you can dream when you nap. You're getting into some deep sleep there. Yeah. No, no. My naps are never under three hours. Okay. So you're getting into real REM sleep there. I mean, after I do a half hour set, you know, at my open mic, I have to lay down. That's why the restaurant is closed from two to five. That's like Europe, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that what they do in Europe? They do like some stand up and then they in the afternoon, then they take a nap and then they all have a big dinner. I mean, I've never really, I've never seen it with mine eyes, but, um, and that's what I've heard, which is, I don't know how their economy works, but then again, I don't know how this economy works. I think you just, you, you, you just get paid for your services. You know, I think that's basically people try to overcomplicate and it's like, you have a service, you get paid for it and you improve on that service. You know, if I don't want to improve on, on my restaurant every day would be like the same thing. It'd be like, you know, the tacos, the tamales, you know. And no, I, I add more. I, I come up with fun names. I come up with new dishes. What happens if you put a tamal inside of a taco? And then you put that in a, in a piñata. And then you hit the piñata. And then whatever comes out is what ends up on your plate. I got to write that one down. You're on to something there. Because that did something to me. First of all, just the tamal inside the taco. I was like, sign me up, please. Secondly, the pinata aspect that could help people get out some rage, gives people a chance to like wave a stick around in a restaurant. Oh, there's so many good reasons to do that. Yeah, I, I would just say if you're going to do the pinata thing, just don't do it on Margarita Monday because I can see that going wildly amiss. And I also say that as someone who loves Margarita Monday and when we can all be together again in the restaurant, I am going to have, <laughs> I'd say, have an ambulance. Just the drivers there, so because I'm ready, I really ready to get back. Pat, your picture is still up on our wall as the most margaritas in one sitting, and that's because you, during one of those times, put it on the wall on your way out. You had your picture, and you you said, "Give me some nails and a hammer," and then 
we we gave them to you and you put it up there and we just it's 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 very high and we can't take it down but it, that's not it's it's up there so people recognize it and they recognize your face when she turned to me and said let me get up on your shoulders i thought why but you know what i just trust her i just trust her so i said of course hop up get up there and you guys were kind enough to give her nails and hammers so she's going to put that picture up there you know. Yes, I, I I was not made aware of it until afterwards. Uh, Rosa, the server, is that the one who gave you the nails and the hammer, and that was her first. Uh, that was her first strike. I I um I would never second guess you because I myself am not a small business owner, but I really felt a kinship with Rosa. And um, anyway, uh, and uh, yeah, I, well, I put it up there. I'm glad it's not down. I can't wait. To, maybe I'll bring a second picture, like me before and me after. You know. And uh, how things change. But I will say, I, uh, you make the best margaritas. I don't know what goes in them. I don't even want to know because I don't mm. want to try to make them at home. Because the experience of going to your restaurant is really part of the meal. It's like the, um, what would you call it? Of course, what would it be? It's not the appetizer because you have appetizers. It's not the entree. It's not the dessert. It's the, uh, it, the amuse-bouche. That's it. Because that's what you do. You know, you do your little stand-up. That's an amuse-bouche. Mm-hmm. It's an amuse-bouche. Bush, amuse bush. I like that amuse bush. Mm. You get up there and you just do your you, you do your witticisms. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, <laughs> like, okay, okay, what's the deal? What's the deal with amuse bush, right? So that's just an example of how I would start my set. I like when you do that kind of joke where you're asking us because the audience, and then when someone has an answer, you make fun of them. I yes. think that's so fun because what I've watched people do this, you start and you like, let's say, what's the deal with the moose bouche? Mm-hmm. And people don't know what's happening because you don't really, no one's sure what it is that's happening. And then someone answers you like, honestly, and then you make fun of them or they take a guess and you make fun of them or the silence and you make fun of all of us. Right. Right. Yes. Uh, and sometimes I have to scream extra loud because people just want to eat and they don't want to hear it. The open mic but i make you listen to it you know i think you did a good thing for that problem like addressing that when you put in all of those speakers i mean it's surround sound in there so now there's no choice and i love that yes we put speakers in the bathroom in each stall uh so even if you have to go you can still listen um while you're going uh we put them in the in the back kitchen for the for the cooks and the servers um i'm trying to find a way to get them individually in each person's car, like maybe get the valet while they valet your car, put some speakers in your car. So even on your way home, you can listen to it as well. But that I haven't, that's, that's a lot more money than what I can afford right now. Now, I don't know if this is a real solve, but remember, that, like old drive-ins used to have those speakers that they would put in your car while you would sit there. Maybe those are lying around somewhere and you could just get them because who's using them? Reach out to old drive-ins. Well, right now they're making a bit of a comeback because uh, people can go to the movies. So I don't know if, um, if there are any out there. Whoever's listening, if you have some old speakers that we can put into the cars of the people leaving the restaurant, that'd be greatly appreciated right into the show. Or I don't know if you have an address or a, a, a Dropbox or... Um, we have a Dropbox. We don't know how to use it, mm. but people could email us at those who at gmail.com if they've got ideas, because we would love to help you with this problem because, because you, you deserve to be heard is the thing. You know, what's the deal? 
is a great way to to start something, but the way you finish the things sometimes it takes a while, you know. Since I'm in, since I'm making it up, sometimes I'll start the joke, and 25 minutes later you have the punchline because I'm st- I'm still searching like jazz, you know. I'm still searching for it, you know. And now it's like I feel like I was the first person to say what's the deal with, and now I feel like everyone uses it. But you know, whatever I can, whatever stamp I can make on an art form that I respect. You know. Are you trying out new openers? Like, are you trying to get some new instead of saying what's the deal? Because you know, people people stole that from you. Mm-hmm. Maybe what's next for you? I've tried a few. Nothing works as good as what's the deal. I've tried. I've tried. How about this? And that didn't really do much. I've tried. Um, hey, have you guys heard of this? And that didn't really. I've tried. Um, and then sometimes I'll, I'll just say the subject and just go, and that really confuses people. Yeah. So I'll be, like, I'll be like, staplers. And then I'll just talk about staplers. And I won't even say, like, what's the deal with? So I just say, staplers. Some are small, some are medium-sized, some are industrial. I mean, so what? Now we have to make paper different sizes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just do the subject first because that would... For people with low self-confidence like me, I'd assume that this was an essay, which I'm afraid of when people say essays out loud, that I'd wandered into one of those um, poetry slams or essay slam mm. or something where someone has a, an axe to grind. So I like the what's the deal with, because as Americans, you know, we want to know, yeah, what is the deal with that? You know, mm. what's the deal with essays? If, if you need me to write about something, why don't you just look it up on the Internet? <laughs> I gotta say, I, you know, uh, Julio, you do something that a lot of people don't do anymore, which is you do the owner going around checking on the tables, which I really appreciate. You are so hands on. And that's really like, we love your restaurant. We've been going for a while. And then all of a sudden, here you come out, you come, you knock on our table. How's it going over here? And I thought, oh, my God, this this is Julio. And then I asked you if you're Julio, and you said yes. And we went back and forth for a little bit because I didn't believe you. I thought it was some kind of – I've been roped into these before, moments of, you know, like where there's a prank or something. But you were him. You showed us your ID. Well, I mean, if the name is on the sign, of course you're going to meet me. When you go to Wendy's, do you meet Wendy? Uh, when you go to Subway, is there an actual Subway? No, right? If you um, if you go to Bennigan's, I don't even know what I'm looking for in that respect, right? So I like to do the two knocks. It's like my way of being like, uh, uh, "Hello, I'm at your home. Will you let me in?" Right? And then if you say hello, then it's like I'm coming into your home. I'm making sure you're okay. Um, sometimes if people are like, uh, "This has too much salt" or or whatever, I'll pick up the item from their plate and I'll taste it myself. And if I think it tastes good, I'll put it back on their plate and say, no, it's fine. And then I'll walk away and then they can enjoy their meal. Um, but, you know, I just tried to make it um, a great experience for everyone. Well, mission accomplished. And one of the things I love about you is that I, I heard somebody fight you back once. You know, this is salty. And you said, no, it's fine. And you said, there's the kitchen. You go make it better than this. It wasn't, it wasn't even mean. My tone just now was a little bit meaner than what yours was. It was almost like inspiring. Like, yes. go, be, go. Try and, that pers- and that person now works in the kitchen. He actually ended up being a really good chef. And that's what reaching out does. That's what challenging people does. 
It helps you find good people, you know? You know, and also this is, you are a small business owner, but let's be honest, you're an uncle. And because you're so fun and funny, you could dangerously come close to being a funkle, but you are different than that. Now, is there ever a time where you're like, I'm going to get my nieces and nephews involved? What's, what's the scoop with that? Well, actually, tell us the whole, take us to your happy place. Take us to your nieces and nephews. First of all, what's the scoop of that is a great, that's a really good opener. What's the scoop with that? Keep it. What's the scoop, especially like if we're serving ice cream? Uh, what's the scoop with ice cream? Mm, that one confused even me, but maybe it's something I need to work out. You know, if anybody will, you will. You'll figure it out. Um, my happy place with my nieces and nephews is, um, uh, you know, just celebrating their birthdays. I, I always, <laughs> my relatives like to say I force them, but I don't really call it force. I uh, recommend my restaurant for everyone's birthday parties, and um, and they come along. We always celebrate all my nieces and nephews' birthday parties, and I always, I always make sure to make it such an amazing occasion for them with music and balloon animals. And um, one time I had a, like a, a, a tattoo, like a tattoo person. Um, I, th- I thought it was just a face painter, but apparently uh, he was using ink. So a lot of, a uh, couple of my nephews uh, have unmovable spiders on their cheeks because it's a tattoo. I thought it was a face painter, but he was a tattoo artist. So, um, you know, uh, my sisters were not excited about that because now two of their kids, you know, look like characters from Mad Max or whoever, you know, wearing spider tattoos. But besides that, there really hasn't been any other, you know, bumps in the road. Uh, everyone usually has a really good time. Uh, I usually like to make uh, a dish that is indicative of the person who is celebrating, depending on, you know, if they play sports or their hobbies or whatever. Um, so yeah, I tried to make it very fun and special for, for each kid. Customizable. That's beautiful. It's thoughtful. It's creative. A heartfelt. It's just heartfelt. You know, except for the tattoos, that had to be a real mishap. But other than that, geez, oh man, you're going above and beyond. Yeah. I can only imagine if I was a niece or a nephew of you, uh, Julio, and how fun it would be to be like, oh, this is my restaurant for the night. And this is my party. And this is all my food. And, and I got a, I got a tattoo. Now, remind us for the listener, because you do not have, uh, you're not a, a father. You're an uncle, right? Right. Yeah, the only father I am to is the dishes I create for my restaurant. And don't ask me to pick a favorite child or a favorite dish because it's like it's like saying oh no what i meant to say is don't don't make okay what i meant to say don't make me don't don't make me pick my favorite no what i meant to say don't (laughs) what's the deal with words you know I love that character you do, yeah. The one that can't figure out what they're trying to say. Oh, okay. that, wasn't, that wasn't really a character, but... I would say, now I don't know anything about the arts or anything, uh, but I'd say, that's keep that, though. You didn't know it, but that was that's a great character. Because I, fo- I really followed your journey of, is this the right thing to say? That doesn't sound right, because it's very relatable. It's like that kind of humor where you... The see it humor, like I'm seeing it, I saw, I saw it, that type. I'm, I'm just curious, uh, 
for both of you, when, when you have that, that comedic need to fill, who, where, do you, where do you turn? Who, 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 makes, who makes you laugh? And like real laugh, like it surprises you how much you're laughing at what they're doing or what they're saying. I'm just curious. Oof. That's a good question. My instinct, well, it depends on the decade. My, inst- mm-hmm. my first instinct was to say Paula Poundstone. Mm. Patty oh, yeah, LaBelle. Patty LaBelle is yours? The singer? Have you ever seen her not know something that she's supposed to be doing? I, she, I, move over, Phyllis Diller. Because oh. Patty LaBelle just got here. Okay. Well, I don't think she'd have a problem because I don't think Phyllis Diller is with us anymore. Oh. Oh, that always creeps up on me. Who's dead? There should be a Twitter that I could see that says, who's dead? And it just is a reminder of who's already passed. I think you could but, probably just put that on Google and you'll find out. I, right. I don't know. I've Googled some things that now have haunted me, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I've been targeted. Yeah, I think that's how you ended up at your new group of friends. Right. But, yeah. I, but in a general sense, I have to say, the internet is so funny. And I, I used to rely on um, actual people who were professionals at something. And now I just get on the internet and I just boo, 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 boo. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everyone's falling down. Everyone's farting. Everyone's, uh, everyone's like, uh, uh, dogs. Have you seen that? those pictures of dogs and the dogs are talking, but it's the special dog language. Like, I'm a doggo, beep, boop, give me chimkin. Oh, my God. Someone is writing all this dialogue for dogs, and I can't. If I start, one time I started in the morning, I got up, got some coffee, I put in chimkin doggo. By it was evening. Evening. I thought that I was slowly losing my vision. It was getting dark. That's how I am. Whoever did that is, you know, it goes, it goes, um, oh, God, it goes, um, Sinbad, uh, uh, Arsenio. Uh, oh, uh, who's the lady with the splits in Las Vegas? With the splits? Rita Rudner? Rita Rudner, Doggo. And Doggo's yeah. at the top. You know, I, this is just, just to give you a glimpse into my process, and it is pronounced, it's pronounced pros, process, is I just came up with my next meal, chimkin changa, and that is a chicken chimichanga, but it's a chimkin changa. Yeah. I, I got to write. Why aren't I writing any of this down? Wow. It's that easy for you. What can I say? Mouth agape. Mouth agape. See that interview where Patti LaBelle is talking about how she gets into a pool at the end of the day, and it's with Oprah, and Oprah says, do you have a bathing suit? And she says, <laughs> she keeps saying, what? No. Every she says, what? No, before every answer. And she talks about getting putting, in, putting on a short, short pants and just wading around in her pool. It's, that is the best. You're right. See- See what I said? And, okay, that's another one. Maybe if, if, if any of us start to write this down today, Julio, what? No. And then just launch into it. And it's, again, it's relatable. It's fun. Uh, you walk up on stage and you go, what? No. Bananas. I have no idea what jokes are, you know, whatever. But what? No. Might be a fun, because it's so brief. And people think that they're already, mm. they've, oh, I got to catch up because I missed something. I, I like that. I like that. What? What? No. Bananas. And then you didn't. You didn't say anything after that. Was that it, or? Oh, I, I want to keep the uh, what? W- no, uh, what? No, was that it, Mags? What? No. Oh no, that was Patty Labelle. Then Mag said it. So it's what? No. Have you ever? Have you guys ever um like that? And then you launch into the uh, your content. Hmm. I got it. 
I like it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. We I'll try it this week. Although, as you all know, the restaurant is not open right now. You can't, you can't go in and have anything. But um, maybe I could find a way to... If, if only I could split myself into all my delivery people and then I could deliver food and my routine, you know? I think that'd be really fun. I'm really missing that part. What if you taught it to them? Oh, Talit. Well, I mean, sure. If you want to hear, you know, uh, David Lee Roth sing Aretha Franklin, you know what I mean? Like you can't, it's, it, it, you can't just tell someone to do someone else's thing. What Aretha Franklin song? Because if, if it's Think, A Chain of Fools, I would love to hear David Lee Roth sing that. Or uh, Going Riding on the Freeway. Isn't that one of... Going riding on the freeway of love in a Cadillac. We're going riding on the freeway of love. Back. Mm-hmm. Right? Get back. That was, it. that was it. That was good. But yeah, I guess, I guess it would also be hard to teach the drivers my routine because I don't even know where it's going to go. You know, since I'm kind of, I'm kind of making jazz with my comedy and comedy with my jazz and with my comedy and my jazz. So that would be hard to teach someone. Do you ever work your nieces or nephews into your material? Like if you see them, because I know you do an open mic slash closed mic uh, at the at, at the the parties there at the, at the restaurant. Do you ever work them in? You feel like that's sacred, uh, sacred cows? I try, but then what I've quickly realized is you you have to really know them to understand the joke. Um, for example. Uh, uh, one of my one of my nieces, um, uh, her name her name is Cheryl, and she she has this thing where um, when she gets really nervous, she she rings she rings her fingers, she grabs her fingers, and she rings them like this when she gets really nervous. So I'll I'll start a set saying like, "This is just I don't even introduce myself. I'll get on the mic and go, ah, what's the deal with my niece Cheryl? Gee, you must be nervous. I can really see that you are." And then no one laughs. Oh, I did. That got me. That got me. Well, because I've met Cheryl. Okay, so I'll try one on you without telling you. Okay. Maybe like there's a... Okay, like for example, do you guys know... Uh, do you guys... Have you ever met um, my nephew, Carlos? I believe I so. I met him one time. You said, this is Carlos. And he very shyly said hello to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, the joke was, what's the deal with Carlos? Are you shy? I could really see it. I think this kills. Maybe you just even do the run up. What? No. Carlos is shy. What's the deal with Carlos? I can. Are you of, shy? I can totally tell. That's a lot of beginnings. That's a lot of beginnings to the jokes. I was mesmerized. You know, but then again, I've been trying to get her to do a stand up class for a long time. I'm worried. I, I, I would. By the way, could Max be kinder to me? Like really encouraging me to go to do some of these creative things. Well, I know she's trying to keep me out of trouble, which is I also very much appreciate. But I, you know, I'm worried about doing a stand-up class because I'm worried about being boxed in. What do you mean? You're not in your head. I don't get it. What, what am I missing, you guys? Julio, what does boxed in mean? Uh, she doesn't want to be um, given a structure or rules or or uh, pigeonholed into a type of a type of character. I, I would recommend it. The only thing is, you know, a, a question that lots of people have about comedy is, can you teach comedy? Right. And my answer is no, I don't think you can. There's only really a few of us 
that are really blessed with how to use a language um, to give a humorous observation. I don't think it's something that you read a book or or take a class or um, or stock uh, or stock a comedian on Twitter trying to get them to write you back. And no matter how many direct messages you send them, they don't get back to you. And I don't even know. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's something that you're born with. Is there somebody you've been reaching out to? Yes. Who is it? I don't know if I should say, because then people are going, are going to look us up and, and you know, and then notice that I, I comment on all their stuff. And then they're going to know what I'm trying to do, you know? Okay, because my first instinct was I'll kill them. How dare they not respond to you? How dare they? It's Dane Cook. Oh, that is not who I thought you would say. Just so I know, you're not giving Dane Cook any... You're not sending jokes to Dane Cook, are you? I mean, I sent a few. But why, why are you... I don't understand why you're asking. I have a friend who was a cocktail waitress at a bar in Los Angeles at a, at a comedy club. The on, comedy store. And she said that uh, there, was a, there was a special light that they used to put on when people were on stage doing new work if Dane Cook would show up uh, because they would turn the light on because Dane Cook is a notorious joke thief. Um. I see. Have you seen anything that sounds like the stuff that you have, you know, written or sent him? Well, um, I did notice that he did have a few minutes on his last special. Uh, come to think of it, about my niece Cheryl. Was it about how she ner- nervously wrings her hands? Yeah, it's about how she wrings her hands and that she's very nervous. And then now she walks around with a spider on her cheek. She was one of the ones that got the tattoo. You're not allowed to send him messages anymore. Huh. Interesting. Well, how, but this is fun, though. How did the jokes do? Well, he has like a special flair that he does. Like he moves stuff with his, like he moves his arms around or he gives like a look. It's, it's, it's very hard to know his punchlines. It's like he'll say something and then he'll like swish his head around. And that's like a, a, a signal to let people know when to laugh. So yeah. maybe I need to come up with something that like, like shows that like it's the joke or you know, something physical that shows this is the end of the joke. What if you just made it so that the joke ended on a punchline verbally? Well, cause that's much harder to do. Oh, that's more challenging. You're right. You're right. You're right. But also listen to me. It's like, why, what am I going to do? Tell you how to create a dish too? Why don't I stay in my lane? I learned that. My niece taught me that. Stayed in my lane. So I should do that. What's the deal? What's the deal with Meg's niece? Is she even driving yet? <gasps> that would kill. That would kill. She's, well, she just turned 16 on November 28th. Oh, I didn't even know that part, but okay. Well, happy birthday. Well, we couldn't come there for her birthday because, you know, everything's closed. Right. Uh, when I said earlier that I was fearful of getting put in a box, I only say that because I had gone to a, a, a class before, an on-camera class, and because I, I had wanted to one day be in front of a camera the other way, not behind it, you know, in front of it. And I was told, you know, everyone had to, I had to sit in a chair in the middle of the room and everyone had to write down what they thought that I could do. And it was horrible. 
Oh, my goodness. What did they say to you? What did they say to you? They said that, um, uh, uh, not as bad as it seems, um, uh, has had sex more times than you think, um, uh, carries around a little book of things, of affirmations, um, these were types. Everyone else got like pilot or nurse or caregiver. I got very descriptive, long sentences that when I went home and thought about it, I, uh, I had to take a Xanax. Why in the world would you audition for a character where the description would be has more sex than you think? I, I, I thought that maybe it was a positive thing. But when I really reflected on it, I thought it was like, you know, like if you saw a mop, you know, and it had had sex once, you'd think that's more than I would have thought. Uh, like a cleaning mop? Ooh, is there another mop? No, I just, I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Oh, and this wasn't like a Swiffer. This was before Swiffer. So it wasn't even oh, like a make, fun okay. purple mop. You no, know, this was like, sense. you know, the kind that looks like, you know, I'm doing this with my hands, but it looks like those weird twins from the Matrix. That were that were had uh, uh, the weird uh, white dreadlocks twins. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was like that, except again less sexy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was dating somebody once, and and uh, he wanted to take he wanted to go see the Matrix, and I was trying to be a good girlfriend, so I thought, yeah, let's go, let's go see. Well, it's the Matrix too, and uh, he said, you've seen the first Matrix, correct? And I said, yeah, absolutely, of course I had. And then we got in there, and I turned to him, and I said, um, we, were, we were about 20 minutes in, and I, I said, um, sorry, what is the Matrix? And then he was like, you didn't see it. You didn't see it. And I was like, I swear, I thought I did. But I think it's just because it was everywhere, and everybody had nonstop been talking about it. Um, mm. So I think my, my brain was like, protect yourself and say you've seen this. Mm. Something very similar happened to me. Uh, I, I saw the first one. I saw the first Matrix. Um, and as the credits were rolling and the lights came up, I turned to the person who I watched the movie with and I said, I'm sorry, what is the Matrix? It was right after the movie ended. Now, refresh my memory. Was that the first one or the second one? I, 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 have, I mean, what's the deal with the Matrix? Uh, why slap a number on it? They all, they're all the same to me. Yeah. I didn't do a, a swish with my head, so I probably didn't know that that was the punchline. But that would, that's an example of how the joke would end. That's a really good joke because I think it speaks to a lot of people. It speaks to a lot of people who felt underrepresented when they went and didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Hey, Pat, did you hear a lot about uh, taking a red pill in your little QAnon meetings? Um. No, I'm not a red pill. I'm not familiar. I've, I've, you know, I think I'm on the surface. To be honest with you, I think there's a whole maze that goes deeper in into the um, into the thing. And um, yeah, no, I haven't. But I, I'll, I'll ask. I mean, if you think it's okay for me to ask, I'm curious. Now that you say it out loud, I should know more. You're right. No, you're not going back. Remember, you're not going back because you can't. You can't ever go back. There's supposed to be a like a thing tonight. So. Mm. You cannot go. Does it need catering? Or? You know, I can ask. It would be rude to leave without doing the one last thing because I was supposed to bring the, um, to the online meeting. What were you supposed to bring there, mayonnaise? White bread. Three names of people who believe in things so that we could harass them. And, uh, mm. you know, I, I, I do feel, uh, talking it out loud, you know, when you're home alone all the time, 
Mm. I don't have, I'm not bouncing this off of other people. And then when I, when I'm looking at your two beautiful faces, I'm realizing with the looks that you're giving me that maybe this is not great. And that, you know what, Pat, keep looking. Yeah. Also, you're not supposed to be gathering right now. And as much Julio as I want you to get some business, I feel like they would not be kind to you specifically mm. at this time. Oh, because I'm a comedian. Yeah. Mm, got it. Hey, These are the kind it, of people who don't want the arts. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, if that's my cross to bear, if comedy is my cross to bear, and also being a restaurant owner, I have to remember that that's, I have two jobs. I get paid for one and the other one I don't get paid for yet, but I have a lot of passion for it. Right. Mm-hmm. So when people ask me, uh, what do you do? Uh, I say comedy and they go, what do you do do? And I say, you just said doo doo. See, I'm a comedian. And and then what do they do? Does that shut them right up? They just kind of walk away. Oh. And then they say, "I'm taking my business elsewhere." I, I think they're they're there to order food, and then I say that, and then they leave. You should open a restaurant called Elsewhere. Hmm. <gasps> I like that. That's- just so that everyone who says something like that in the heat of the moment. I know where I can go elsewhere, and 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 no one challenges you there. You know what I mean? Yes, that's important. Opening a restaurant is a huge financial responsibility, so that would be a big, big chance to take. Um, assuming that that's what they would say when they're saying that they're going to go somewhere else. Because what if they said, "Well, I'm going to go somewhere else," I'm screwed either way. I got it. I got it. Cloud Kitchen. You open up a Cloud Kitchen, and there's two named restaurants but they share the kitchen this is a new thing it's a new culinary thing it's called a cloud kitchen so one of them is called somewhere else and the other one is called elsewhere and you they come but it's the same place Mm. and what if someone says i'm leaving this place well a lot of restaurants to open well yeah but that's not they just said they were leaving they didn't say they were going somewhere new okay what if someone said i'm going somewhere new i'm really i'm down i'm already up three restaurants no, that's no. a food truck. That's just a food truck that is parked out front of elsewhere, and and someplace else is the one new place. Do you? Do either of you know how much money it takes to open a restaurant? Not off the top of my head, but I want to say this: the idea of a cloud kitchen is that you don't really. You, it's just one place, okay, like a food court. So you can have a dozen in there. It's just the chef needs to know how to make all of the dishes. Does that make sense? Uh, what's the deal with a food court? I don't see a king. <gasps> okay. I'm so hungry. Judge Foodie, does that do anything? It does for me. It does for me. What about this? Patty LaBelle peppers and onions in your, in your fajitas. That's good. Patty LaBelle peppers and onions is good. Ugh. I, I, don't, I haven't written any of this down, by the way. I, there's oh. been so many. It's being recorded. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Yeah. That's why we do this, because a lot of times, you know, we're coming up with ideas so fast. Who's got time? Do I keep a pen and, and you know, and, and, and notebook here? Yeah, yeah, obviously. You know, because when you're going to say things like, you know, little known artist, I'm going to look that up. I got to look that up. I want to know what, you know, the absence of music sounds like and wind art. I want to know. I want to know. 
And I, I just want to uh, ask you, Julio, um, because, you know, I'm assuming that your nieces and nephews just love the heck out of you, uh, being a small business owner, providing them with as much food as they can eat, giving them by accident tattoos. Do you have any advice for... Um, you know, other uncles, you know, sometimes people, men slip into a funkle energy, which is disturbing, wrong, and um, truly part of the moral decay of the Western society. So what is your advice to other uh, uh, folks who are going to be uncles or one day want to be uncles as to how to be a good uncle without careening into the dumpster fire that is funkle energy? How do you hmm. stay in your lane? Oh, that, mm-hmm. well... I would say that um, to be a good uncle, be the parent they want and then give them back whenever you're tired of them. That's short and sweet, right? I was just going to say that. Oh, short and sweet. Like a um, like a dessert that's so short that it's just something to chew on. No pun intended, but yes. Okay, pun intended. That, that was your stand-up? Yeah. Mm. Mm. But also kind of a... A dessert recommendation, right, for the restaurant. What about Martin Short? Martin Short and Sweet. Martin Short is, yeah. Martin Short and Sweet and Patty LaBelle Peppers. These are all, these are all really, really good. Oh, S-E-T Veal. Uh, S-E-T Veal. Oh, maybe, maybe uh, instead of like, what does the cook recommend? What does Dane Cook recommend? If you're out there, Dane, and um, you want to talk about ideas or jokes, um, you're listening... <laughs> You know, just I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and stop you there because I hmm. I know in my heart that he does not listen to this podcast. I believe that he would believe that not. And Pat, you know, I don't think this about us. I I believe that Dane Cook would classify the two of us as completely unscrewable. I think he would not be interested in the two of us because he would not want to have sex with us. And I feel like that's kind of who he is as a person toward. Women. Even even after you explained to him how the actors in that her class uh, uh, described her while having sex more times than you probably think. Give me a chance here, Megs, because as as I found out, people look at you. They see they're like, oh, maybe like under duress. You know what I mean? They didn't say that, but I think if there was, you know, if you context is everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel pretty certain about this one, but, and that's not me saying you don't have a chance. That's me saying he would get it wrong. You know, that's just what I think. That's just my personal opinion. I'm going to go so far as to say if you're Jane Cook, you stumbled onto this because you were clicking ants.com or something looking for something strange to get at. You know what? See yourself out. I feel, I feel good about that. See yourself directly out. If you're Dane Cook, get out. Go to Joe Reagan. Yeah. If you're Dane Cook, Seriously, just any of the messages I've sent you, there's got to be at least 15 or so. Just reply to one of them. Why him? Have you seen the movie Employee of the Month? No, but I know that it has uh, uh, Jessica Simpson, one of the Simpson girls in it. And Dane Cook. What, what, what inspired, what, 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 I know I don't remember the film, but what is it about that that kind of like puts you on the Dane Cook trolley? I would say trolley, not train, because I don't think he's got the steam. Here's the thing, and I can't believe I'm admitting this, but um, I guess we're okay if you think that he's not listening. But I've never seen the movie, but the movie poster is hilarious. It's like 
he's pushing like a train of shopping carts and making like a funny face. And I just thought, what can't this guy do? I'm going to go on record and say, you should aim higher because you right now, Julio, you need to know this. You are better than Dane Cook. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Was Rita Rudner's poster a takeoff on Jumpin' Jack Flash poster? Wasn't Whoopi in that one? Wasn't she like that, too? Is this something that women comedians are supposed to be able to do? Jump way up into the splits? Maybe I was wrong about Rita Rudner, but I remember her doing a whole stand-up special in a wedding dress saying, when am I going to wear this again? See, if you can build an hour on that one joke, that is really something. That is really something. It says something about the audience, too, doesn't it? Listen, you guys, you can roast Rita Rudner all you want, but don't you dare come near Paula Poundstone. Don't you dare. It is my dream to have Paula Poundstone on this very podcast, and we will make it happen someday. Are all of your favorite comedians um, have alliteration names? Yep. yep. Rita Rudner, Paula Poundstone. Paula Poundstone. Peter Parker. Dorf on golf. Okay, wait. Oh, my God. We didn't even mention Dorf on Golf, which isn't fully alliterative, but it's close. And it, Dorf on Golf. It do- isn't that it? Dorf on Golf? It doesn't rhyme. It doesn't rhyme, but it's so close. And please believe me when I tell you this. Please never think one thing I'm about to say is a joke when I say this right now. When we would go to the video store growing up, and my family said, every, you, you get to pick. What are you going to rent? I almost always picked Dorf on Golf. I must have rented that thing 10 times. And oh my God. My, I, had a, I had a similar thing. Also a, a real story <laughs> is that um, same thing. <laughs> we would go to the video store, look at the comedy section. <laughs> and I would, what do you want to rent? I would rent the collection of commercials starring Ernest. oh no that is the truth and i would watch him multiple times hey Vern. (laughs) okay i don't even this is ah, this that's a special thing about that time period where people latched onto something and they thought we're gonna make a video of this and (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna speak to someone it's going to speak to one, probably one person. And you were that person. You was know? Dorf selling golf? <laughs> I don't think he was selling golf. I think he was, I think he was uh, just attempting to do it. And now, you know, looking back on it, it probably, it probably doesn't hold up. Can't say for sure. Oh, well, another true story. Uh, when I was working in Las Vegas, um, one of the live shows we got to see while I was there was Harvey Corman and Tim Conway. And I will tell you, they did a, uh, a Dorf on Gorf uh, uh, sketch. And those laughs coming out of Harvey Corman trying to keep a straight face were as scripted as the lines they were saying out of their mouths. <laughs> that is the truth. Harvey Corman is someone that when I was younger... At an age before I got my downstairs, he was the kind of person that I thought I'm going to marry. You know, I feel like the patriarchy and white supremacy is so ingrained in us that I was like, well, that's the top of the mountain. He was tall. He was stern. He put up with a lot of buffoonery, you know, (laughs) genuinely attracted to Harvey Corman. 
Now, this is us to a T because you know I was attracted to Tim Conway. Receding hairline, shorter, playful, goofus. Just that, I mean, this is why when you go out, if we ever were to meet people, you know, uh, potentially to, um, you know, hook, uh, start dating or hook up or whatever you, the kids say, if we were, we would never be attracted to the same person. Not just because I'm ansexual, but also because, you know, you, you're going to go for the Corman types and I'm going to take the Conways. And now that I think about it, however long ago you were in Vegas, those two gentlemen were still up in years. Yes. By the way, Pat, are you aware that neither of them are with us anymore? Give me the news of the dead. It because it, it keeps hitting me over and over. Like you know, like when you're in the ocean and you try to get up because your suit's falling off, and it keeps hitting you, knocking you down. You're like, enough. That's exactly what happens to me every day. Well, you know they're gone now. Well, no, I forgot. You know they should make wallpaper that's everyone who's dead, and then you keep adding on like little stickers, like a bathroom, like a novelty bathroom, and then it's your bathroom of the dead. And then you'd never forget. I don't know. That's just an idea I had. But a ton. But it's light. It's so fun. It's like the in memoriam, which I think is so fun at the Oscars, right? Because it's like that's right. That person died in February. And you're always wondering who who is the last one? Who is the main event? Who is the one that they're all you know? The real knock your socks off one that everyone's like. Now that's someone we miss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you the actors probably. Uh, the actors probably get their managers to work out a deal that says, when I die, I better be the last one mentioned at the Oscars. You're not wrong. I feel like you're not wrong about that. I also feel like one day someone's going to die who's a thousand years old and all the stuff they were in was like basically racist or homophobic. And they have a real hard time pulling clips. Like, can't use that. Can't use that. What an asshole. That'll be like the whole thing. They're just pulling clips of them, like putting on a wig or something, just still frames because everything they said was monstrous. Like Clint Eastwood. I was going to say, without any info, mm. that would be one of them that I would guess. But another one, easily, Steven Seagal. Mm. God rest his soul. Oh, no, really? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, oh, no? Steven Seagal is still with us? Still with us. Okay. Oh, also, Pat, uh, not that it was asked, but because you were in your Harvey Corman, Tim Conway, uh, love hypnosis. But um, unfortunately, uh, Jim Varney is also no longer with us, who played Ernest. That's not true. He's so young. He was young and he was slinky. He was in the 80s. What happened to Ernest? Well, well, they didn't recast Ernest. It's not like a Ronald McDonald where they have multiple actors play. Oh, I, I mean, know what I meant. If they did, I'd be the first in line to audition for the new Ernest. I meant, what happened to Vern? <laughs> Does anybody have eyes on Vern right now? Because did we ever see him? And did any- no. He was the one with the camera. Vern was whoever was shooting it. So I guess Vern is a cinematographer? I don't know. Male-dominated profession, but still good for him. Good for him. Vern also left the pictures once Ernest went to movies. So once Ernest got big time, no more Vern. We never heard about Vern anymore. I just had an idea for a Vern Halloween costume where you're just a mirror. <laughs> we should do that. We should do that, the three of us. We should do it for Halloween if we're allowed to have it ever again. You could be Ernest. Oh, I would love it. I would love to be Ernest. You know, when Ernest goes to camp, there's no Vern. But there is a message of overall acceptance and love and, and just never giving up. That's right. It teaches you that if a turtle 
bites your nose, you sing to it, and then it unclamps. You sing happy together. Happy together by the turtles. By the turtles. Yeah. Oh, God. There's so many layers. So There's- many layers. So many layers to Ernest Goes to Camp. I can't Ernest believe he's to- gone. <laughs> and Ernest Goes to Jail, he plays two characters. <laughs> Maybe that's something you could put in your, your, your stand-up. You could mm. start with, because this would resonate with me. If you started out with, hey, Vern, you know, and then launch mm. in. Yeah, it also made me, gave me an idea to write a book about Vern, also based on something you were talking about earlier, and call it the Vern Diagram. <gasps> oh, 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 my God. Like fan fiction? <laughs> yes, there needs to be more fan fiction about Vern. Answer me this right now, and don't you lie to me. Have you written fan fiction about Vern and Ernest already? Um, yes, and I, I sent it to Dane Cook. <laughs> you know what? Dane Cook wishes, okay? Dane Cook wishes that he had the... The, 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 the ability, the God-given talent to write one earnest movie, let alone to save Christmas. Because mm. say what we will about that man, he saved Christmas. And absolutely, and, and Julio, I got to tell you, I, I, I usually, Mags is the one giving me this advice, but I think we'll just go in a circle with it, which is, you know, you keep all your ideas because Dane Cook doesn't need him. Because as far as I can tell, he's hip deep in pussy and plastic surgery. <laughs> Did he plastic surgery? Or he fell into a well. <clears throat> or he fell into a cursed well. <laughs> he looks like if Don Knotts. I don't want to scare you. What? Don Knotts. <laughs> don't. He's gone. Don't. Rickles. No. Yeah. Don Johnson as well. No, he was just in Knives Out. He's safe. He has had some work done. He was in the he was in the Watchmen. He's all right. He's safe right now. Julio, you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. You saw her face. I'm sorry about that. But like I was saying, you don't need to give anybody else your ideas because you are a true original. You are unique. You're one of a kind. You have the best margaritas in town. And boy, do we love going to your restaurant, eating your food, and hearing your humorous takes on people's face shapes and bodies. Oh well, thank you. <clears throat> and <laughs> what what. What's the deal? What's the deal with Knives Out? They didn't have a clue. <gasps> oh my God, that's two things. Because you know how much I love the movie Clue. When I was when I wasn't running to off on golf, I was running Clue. And you can mm. look it up. I love that movie. It's a great movie. And just to just to give you a heads up, Pat, I think half the cast is no longer with us. Probably. I'm texting my niece. I'm gonna text my niece. Text your niece to Google it. Well. um, this took a turn. It has been so fun. You know, for every up there is an equal, uh, an, an uh, equal and awful down. And, um, uh, you know, and that's kind of like how when I eat your food, I'm on a high. And when I, oh, no, no. Mm-mm. What? Did no. you say for every up there is an equal and awful down? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's all right. But, you know, it's like uh, when I have your margaritas and they taste like heaven, they just taste mm. like heaven. I just feel like there is, you know, the, the, there's a purpose to being alive, that it's not just, you know, have you heard that, that we're all like um, sea monkeys and some bigger thing? Have you heard that theory? I don't think I got it quite right, but there's something out there. But when I drink your margaritas, I feel like, no, I was formed on purpose by some higher power. And then the lows, which are... Almost half an hour later, I have a hangover for three days, but it's worth it. 
and uh, and and you being on the podcast have been the highest of highs, and then the lowest. Just remembering who's dead. Yeah. Thank you. It's my pleasure, and the two of you have been so supportive with the restaurant and uh, just know that we miss everyone and we hope that we can serve you again very soon. Um, but, uh, you know, again, uh, if, if, if you want some more of my comedic stylings, I can send them your way via email or, or, or um, you know, uh, take out an ad in a newspaper or whatever it is you read. Um, I, can, um, I can send them that way. You could also um, give us a speaker and just try it. You know, see how it works. If you get a hold of the drive-ins, give us a speaker. See how it. Let's t- let us be a test audience. <gasps> that would be so fun. I'd love to do that. Maybe it would help Pat too. Not join online um, maniacs. Anything would help at this point. I think one of the things that we love about you, Julio, is that you, in a lot of ways, are like Ernest. Mm. Okay, you're good at what you do, even when you don't want to be doing it, Ernest. Went to jail, saved Christmas, went to camp. There's more, I think. I think there's probably two two more. Yeah, and he did all those things, and he probably didn't want to do them, but he did it, you know? And all all he had was an old fishing cap and a denim vest. And a white T-shirt. Larry the Cable Guy has a lot to owe to Ernest Pete World. I'm going to say it again. Larry the Cable Guy wishes. Well, I think... We can't get any, you know, speaking of highs and lows, we can't get any higher than, than, you know, just kind of basking in your company, talking with you about the things that light you up because you are a bright light. And as soon as it's safe, we're coming back there. I wouldn't hate it if I was allowed to put my picture on the wall, but I understand if I'm not, but I'd love it. I, I'll drink margaritas till I'm sick too. I would love that. Just make sure somebody gets us home safe. But I, I love you so much. Um, Pat, I'm going to do the mantra, and then if you, is there anything else you want to say? Julio, do you, do you want to plug your restaurant? you want to plug any specials, your comedy, hour, half hour, anything? <clears throat> I wish I could, um, but um, no one can go to the restaurant now. So if, I guess if I were to plug anything, uh, check out um, Employee of the Month um, or Ernest Goes to Camp, or if you can find it maybe on eBay the VHS of uh, the collection of commercials starring Ernest P. Whirl and Vern. How, I didn't ask this before, but I'm dying to know. How many were there and how long was that VHS? Uh, there were many commercials uh, and the VHS was about 48 minutes long. Even if they were all 60 second commercials, that's still 48. If they were 30s, holy cow. It was a different time. It was, where's it the was. meat? Mm-hmm. And uh, multiple jokes were repeated, and the only thing that was different was whatever product that commercial was selling. So there were different products? A handful of them from this collection that I remember were just local station identifications. Like, hey, Vern, what station is this? And then Vern would, like, flash his fingers or something from behind the camera. Four! Something like that. Or like, um, hey, Vern, have you, if you want your news straight, catch... Jimmy and Andrew on ABC 8, Tallahassee, or something like that. And that was part of the collection. That exists somewhere. And if you're listening to this podcast and you have it, send it to us. Please send it. We never ask anything of you. We love you. We give and give to you. Please, God. Please, that, that is my rosebud. Please, that is my rosebud. On my deathbed, I'll say, hey, Vern, 
I'm terrified that mine's just going to be me doing doff, trying to touch his toes. <laughs> and I'll be right there forcing out a laugh, Corman style, dead inside. Mm. Mm. It's a perfect way to end this. We all have our place. <clears throat> our mantra for this week, of course, written by Carol Doyle, who is incomparable and unpaid. The, the wit on this woman. You, you know who you should talk to, Julio, is Carol Doyle to get some tips for writing because this is the only written thing on this entire podcast and she never disappoints. And this week's no exception. Our mantra this week from Carol is this. Your aunt is always with you. That's what that nagging feeling is. Oh my God, perfect. Another one, mm. the home run. Another home run from Carol. Another thinker. Yeah, that one's, that one's really good. Yeah, it sure was. Well, I think, uh, I think this is where we leave everybody Stay safe, okay, Julio? And, and make sure people are coming near you. They're wearing masks because you are precious cargo. You're a hot commodity. We want those margaritas. We want to see you stand up. We love you. Love you, Julio. Love you, Pat. Uh, I love you, Julio. Uh, I'm happy to buy some mugs from you, uh, curbside. And, of course, I love you, Mags. I love you, Mags. I love you, Pat. And um, we're ready to staple up your photo whenever you're ready to come back. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for listening to Those Who Ant. This week, our Uncle Julio is the wonderful and charming and smart and handsome Ithamar Enriquez. You can listen to Ithamar's voice on an upcoming episode of American Dad and catch him on all the comedy that you love and hold dear. You can follow him at, at Ithamar Enriquez on Twitter and Instagram. Stay safe, wear your mask, be kind to one another, and drop us a line if you'd like. All right, stay safe.